This week we are starting a new series, and I knew as soon as we named the series that it was going to be a problem. Um, the series is great. I, uh, we picked it because I think a lot of people say I'm fine to a lot of different things in their lives. I even think they use different reasons for why they say I'm fine. One of the reasons I've noticed that people say I'm fine is they'd like to avoid the conversation altogether. And people are used to hearing the answer, I'm fine, and they'll accept it. So it's a way of just avoiding the whole conversation. I'm fine, good, everybody goes on as normal. Everything's, everything's great. I've noticed some people say, I'm fine, because they have come to believe that the person asking about your life doesn't really care in the first place. It's not a genuine question. And so, because I don't think it's a genuine question, I'm going to ignore it with, I'm fine. And you're going to take that and you're going to go on anyway because you didn't really care in the first place. And maybe that's the case. But do you think that's the case for everybody? And then some other people say, I'm fine. <laughs> and you ask all of their friends around them. You like ask the closest people to them, are they okay? And everybody says, no, they are not okay. And when you talk to them, they say, I'm fine. And they believe it. And they either believe it because they have no idea that they're not or they think what they're going through is normal. And here's the problem. I've used I'm fine in every one of those instances. And it's why I know it's going to create a problem for me because I'm about to teach on this. And I know, I know from my personal experience that that answer is my wife's least favorite answer to the questions that she asks me. How was your day? It was fine. How are you? I am fine. I would like to kill you, is what normally comes right after that. And we're going to talk about finding a different way to have some conversations instead of just blindly accepting this idea that we're fine. I'm, I'm not convinced that we are. Um, in fact, I think uh, maybe we have a problem with saying I'm fine, and we use it so often, it's dulled our ability to be genuine with each other. And we've used it for so many things. Um, as I looked at this series, uh, we, we just picked five. They're so random. They're so different. Um, but there are five things I've heard people say I'm fine to when they weren't. The first one this week, you, you just heard in this opening song. We're stressed out. There's a level of stress that we have taken into our lives, and it causes us difficulty. And our answer to it many times is, could be any one of the three. I'd like to avoid this conversation. I'm fine. I would tell you how stressed out I am, but I don't think you genuinely care, so... I'm fine. In some cases, we say I'm fine to the stress that we have in our lives because we actually think we are. Uh, it was six years ago for me when I found myself um, sitting in a doctor's office going through some symptoms that I was having. I had already self-diagnosed uh, without the use of Google, mind you, I had self-diagnosed. I knew what was wrong with me, having had conversations with a lot of people over the years. I figured out what was wrong with me, except 
that there was this one nagging piece. There was a big part of it that didn't seem to fit the narrative, but I still felt like I was right. And um, so I was confused a little bit, but I just wasn't letting it worry me. I was, uh, I was sleeping from like 5 to 6.30 in the morning when suddenly I would be like woke up sharp. And my heart was beating out of my chest. You could feel it moving my chest. And it was beating fast. And it was quite startling initially when it happened. But I discovered that if I just laid there and I did some breathing exercises, I could get it to go away. And then I would go back to sleep. And I thought to myself, well, obviously I have this under control. There's no need to worry anybody about this, including like, say, telling my wife. Why would I tell her if I'm not worried about it, she shouldn't be worried about it. And besides, I knew what it was. I decided that I was having panic attacks based on what everybody had said before, except there was one small problem. I really wasn't like anxious when I went to bed. I wasn't anxious when I woke up. I didn't have trouble breathing. In fact, I used breathing to go back to sleep. And so I know that was the piece that was missing, but I just thought, I got to manage this on my own. I got to take care of this. It's no big deal. And so um, six to eight weeks later, this has been going on now for a while, and I came across this article, um, and the article suggested that from that time frame in the morning is when people have more frequent and more damaging heart attacks in the morning period. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should be more concerned about this than I actually am. And so I mentioned it to my wife, which was why I was in Dr. Barco's office and may have been the initial reason why I never mentioned it to her in the first place, right? So I'm in the doctor's office, and I'm telling him the symptoms, and he starts asking me questions. He listens to my heart, and uh, then he gives his diagnosis. He looked at me, and he said, Blair... You have too much stress in your life. And my exact words to him were, I don't feel stressed. In other words, I think my diagnosis might be more accurate than yours. Maybe you should try again. Because I think if I were stressed, I would know it. I would know what was going on here. But I don't feel that way. So what else do you got, Doc? And he was persistent. He said, Blair, I really don't care if you feel that way or not. Your body is telling you something, and if you won't listen to it, some bad things could happen. You're going to have to do something different than what you're currently doing, or you're not going to like the outcome of where this is headed. Uh, um, I left the doctor's office with this question in my mind. Stress? I mean, could it really be? I, I have had a certain level and have enjoyed a certain level of stress in my life from when I could remember. There's actually some research that says some level of stress is helpful. This constant, the constant stress isn't. But I felt like I had been dealing with that my whole life and I enjoyed it. I thought it helped like, drive some things. It was a good motivator for me. But I had a decision to make about whether I thought he was accurate or not. And I felt like the stakes were so high 
that I decided I would, I would heed his advice. And I made some changes, and my symptoms went away. Now, that should be the end of the story, except it's not. I've shared this with very few people. The only reason I'm going to share it with you now is because I think it's going to be helpful for us as a group. The next two months, or a little bit longer, of my life were very difficult for me because I was really dejected. I was dejected that somehow stress had played out in my life that way. And I started having these conversations about, man, you must be weak. I I found myself comparing myself to other people who were doing what they were doing, and they didn't have the problems I was having. Man, what is going on with me? Maybe you're not as tough as you think you are. I want to tell you a, a story about my manhood made it into my life that I had to wrestle with because it had to do with my level of stress and how I thought I should have been able to handle it. What I discovered over that period of time as I gave more thought to this, as I got further away from that event, I realized that I had a really unhealthy relationship with stress. And the number of people that I talk to, I suspect that many in here have an unhealthy relationship with stress. You compare yourselves to others, believing that you should be able to do what they do, and if you can't, what's wrong with you? We have arguments with each other about who's busier, and the goal is to win that argument. That's what we do in our culture. Like we have all of these things that point to a level of unhealthiness. I wonder, I wonder how many of you in the last two months have answered a question that somebody asked in your life about stress, and you answered, I'm fine. I just wonder how many of us have an unhealthy relationship with stress. I want to take you to a section of scripture that helped change some things for me. You're not going to find the word stress anywhere in there. It's going to, it's going to have all kinds of components that make up the difficulty um, that we have with stress. Um, but it's not going to say anything about it itself. Paul is talking to a church in Philippi. He's trying to help them figure out what it means to live a life that honors God. And so he's giving them some instructions. And in verse 6 of chapter 4, he says this to them. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything, I tell you, uh, when I was in the midst of the, the heart beating out of my chest, if you would have taken me to this section of Scripture and said, I want you to look at this, I would have said to you, I'm not anxious. I'm not dealing with this problem. So I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. And here's the problem. The scriptures are giving us some instruction what to do with our anxiousness. It's to invite God into that part of your life, to invite him, to talk to him about that whole thing. But why would you do that if you think you're not anxious? I've known people 
who've dealt with anxiety. And to look at them and to say, just don't be anxious, seems rather insulting to them. How do I just stop this? How do I just get rid of this? But it's just as insulting, I found, for me to act like I didn't have any. Here's what I discovered. Here's what I discovered after I got far enough away to look back and see what was going on in my life. Here's what I did have. I had a crazy busy schedule. I had responsibilities. I had obligations. I had guilt. I had this pile of stuff. And what I had missed along the path is that anxiety can hide behind all of those things. See, everything that I just described to you, responsibilities, obligations, guilt, comes with a level of pressure or tension with it, which is exactly what anxiety is. There's a level of pressure or tension that gets brought into your life. And so I was looking at these positive things. I have this stuff that I'm responsible for. That's all I'm trying to do is be responsible right now. And I couldn't see the tension that came with it. I couldn't see the anxiety that was building in my life. Here's what happened. At that season in my life, I had taken on three really important things to me. All of them were um, really important to who I was as a person, my responsibilities. And I felt like all three of those things were clawing away at a 24-hour piece of pie that I called my day. And all of them deserved more than what they got, but I could only give them what I had, and it wasn't enough. And I went from one to two to three feeling guilty, just trying to hold them off, just trying to give them enough that they would be happy, that that would be respectable, but I felt guilty the whole time. And I never, never would have identified it as anxiety. I never would have identified it as that. But I had it. And I was missing out on the opportunity to take that before God. In fact, I wouldn't have taken it before God because this is the way I thought about it. I'm responsible for this. If anything needs to happen at first, I've got to get my act together and then I can talk to God about this. But obviously, I'm not being responsible with the stuff that he's placed on my plate. So why would I drag him into this? I'm going to be embarrassed by the fact that I'm letting everybody down. Why do I want to talk to God about that embarrassment? Well, there's a reason why. In verse 6, he says, don't be anxious. I want you to invite me into this. And then in verse 7 says, because if you do, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is why you would invite me into the conversation. I'm attempting to guard your heart and your mind. I'm attempting to correct what's going on in your head. Now, I'm, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I don't believe that all of your stress is in your head. Don't believe that. I think there are real things that happen. But this is about a peace that you can experience, which takes us back to something that Mike was talking about a couple weeks ago. He said, sometimes you're going to be in circumstances that aren't peaceful. You're going to want peace, rest from those circumstances, but you're not going to find it. And maybe even God asked you to be in that place where it's stressful and difficult. But what God is offering 
is a peace with him that changes your perspective. And there's without a shadow of a doubt that what happens in your mind is important because he goes on and he says this in verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Why does he make a big deal about what you think? Because that's where I was losing the battle with so much of the stress that I found in my life. I was comparing myself to others. I had a sense of guilt. I had all of these expectations that I felt like I was letting everybody down. And you know the one thing that I was missing? The truth. See, I'm, I've become convinced that if you want to experience peace with God, that you will have to accept what he says is true. And if you're not open to inviting him into the conversation where he can change your perspective, where he can open up the story that you're living and say, this is what's true about you. This is what's true about this situation. This is what's right. Then you're going to get lost in why you're doing that in the first place. It's on your plate. That level of stress, that thing that you're doing, is there for some sort of admirable reason. But when it becomes an obligation, you start to lose the truth behind why you're even doing it. I found it interesting that in the scripture, um, what he said was, I want you to bring all your prayers, including the stuff that you would be thankful for. But when you're in the middle of anxiety, when you're in the middle of pressure and tension, it's the last thing that's on your mind unless you're dealing with what's true. Because what's true is, I'm also doing something of value that's important here. And I know there's a lot of pressure, and I know there's a lot of stress, but I'm going to remember what's excellent. I'm going to remember what's pure about this. And I'm going to use that as a motivation. What I think is interesting is that where God starts is how you feel. Isn't that weird? Don't feel anxious. I want you to have a sense of peace with me instead. That's a feeling. I want you to feel at peace with me instead. Why? Because if I have a sense of peace with God, it has a spillover effect into the rest of my life. But I didn't have that sense of peace with God because I would not invite him into that because I felt I was fine. I had to fix this on my own. Now here's where this gets interesting for me. Verse 9 finishes this up. It says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. It's twice now. He suggested that you could do some things that would allow the God of peace to be with you. One deals with what's going on up here. What truth have you accepted? But the other one is about putting stuff into practice. He goes, I don't care if you've seen it. I don't care if you've heard it. I don't care where you've got that. If you found something that's valuable, you need to do something that's different than what you've been doing. Do something that practices a healthier way of living. So it's a combination. It's a combination. It's not just i got to fix my head, but I, I will tell you this. 
If you don't get the thoughts right, if you leave yourself in a place where you're constantly comparing, constantly feeling like your pace is where you get your value and you don't find that from God himself, it doesn't matter what techniques you use to manage your life, you'll still get run down and run ragged by stress. Um, it was kind of fascinating. This fall, I had an opportunity to put those three things that I care deeply about back on my plate again. I hadn't done it for um, a while. I believed that it wasn't possible, that I couldn't do it. And I'd wrestled for a long time about what that meant, and I got to a place where um, I thought maybe my circumstances had changed enough. And as I got into thinking about the circumstances, I realized that one of the biggest things that had changed was not my circumstances, but I had changed. And so with my eyes wide open and in conversation with God way before I ever did it, I decided that I would reload my plate and put myself in the same circumstances that I was in when I had all of those difficulties before. Whether it was smart or not, I would find out, find out soon is what I told myself. We'll find out. Um, I, I really didn't know how it would turn out. And I had a little bit of a fear, but I, I really loved those three things. But there was something different this time. I recognized guilt when I felt guilt, and I dealt with it. I recognized when I was comparing myself to others and I rejected that for a different definition of what success would be for me. I, I had a different mindset as I went into the same circumstances. Here's what I can tell you. It was crazy busy. It was difficult. It strained every one of the three things that I cared about. Again, a strain on all of them. But this time, I also put some stuff into practice I put, up, I put in some boundaries in place. One of the things that I really deeply care about is my wife. And I knew that this would cause a strain. And so I sat down with her before we ever made the decision. I said, I know what this will do to us. What are we going to do about it? And we came up with a game plan. And we followed the game plan as, as much as we could to try to find a way to stay connected during a season where it was just going to be hard. I had other boundaries in place too. I said, look, here's some boundaries. If we enter into this and it goes outside of that, then we'll stop. We won't do this anymore. And we, ha we had a game plan that was different than what I had ever had before. And here's what happened. Um, lots of stress. Found myself dealing with some of the same pressure some of the same tension, but I didn't have any of the symptoms this time around. I didn't have any of the, like, the weird stuff going on with my body because I responded differently to the stress of my life because I was dealing with what was true. I had a different, different measure of what success was. I had a different understanding of a level of what I should be guilty about and not guilty about. I put boundaries in place, and it was a different outcome. 
I wonder how many of you, if you were honest right now, would say, I'm dealing with a lot of stress in my life. It's, it's not just that I'm dealing with a lot of stress. I think it might, it might own me right now. I've got stuff going on with my body. I can't sleep at night. Like, I don't know what to do with where I'm at. And I'm just wondering if you'd be willing over the next few weeks to invite God into the midst of that so that he can start to set what's true, what's right, what's good about what you're doing so that you'll remember and be excited about all of that, that he can unload the guilt that you might feel for not doing enough, being enough, that maybe that would be the place that you could start. And as he gets invited in, you realize that you're going to have to have different boundaries. You're going to have to put in some things into practice that will create different outcomes than what you're currently finding. Instead of winning the argument about who's busiest, instead of giving each other the answer, I'm fine, wouldn't it be something if we could start dealing with what's true about our situation so that we could say, you know what? Um, God did not intend for me to live with this kind of pressure and tension. There was supposed to be a level of peace that I experienced with him. And if I don't have it, something's not right. Your life could be crazy busy. But how you relate to God is central to who you are and who you'll become. And if peace is missing from that, you are missing the very stability that your whole life can be built on. I'm telling you from experience. Be careful. It will cost you if you accept an unhealthy relationship with stress. Let me pray for you. Uh, God, we live in a society that is going, 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 gone. I mean, we, are, we go at 100 miles an hour consistently. There's very little time that we take off. There's little place for rest. And many of the reasons that we do that have to do with how we compare ourselves to others. We understand the expectations that our culture has and we look to meet them. We understand their definitions of success and we're trying to accomplish it. And the harder we push and the more that we give, the more tired and stressed out we feel. God, I believe there are people here this morning who are just on the edge. They don't know what else to do. They've been carrying it for a long time. And I ask that they would have the courage to just invite you in, to tell you the truth, to ask for the truth from you. What's going on with me? What do I have to see that's right? What do I have wrong about this that's now costing me energy and time? It's costing me my peace with you, God. God, as you 
set about to reestablish this peace with us. Ask that we would not get distracted. Our circumstances might not change. It could still be crazy busy. But our view of what's happening, of why we're doing it, of who we're doing it with, that can change. We need you. God, I think there is others. They know they need to make some changes for their lives to be sustainable. They might even know what it is, but they've been afraid to do it. God, I ask you would speak into their hearts and give them the courage to draw the boundaries that need drawn so that they can have a healthy relationship with you and others. God, it all changed when I realized I'm not fine. I'm not fine without you. And I ask that you would open up that truth to those who sit here now. Thank you.